are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Have you ever walked in that place and booked yourself a hotel room online and then realized that it wasn't quite what you thought the online thing looked like? You know, it's kind of like you see the, the people in the pool swimming and you see the uh, little cafe there and you're like, wow, that looks like such a hotel. And then uh, you're all excited about this trip and you save some money on this trip and you go and it looks like a hotel from The Shining. Have you, have you been there? You know, um, Cindy and I, not too long ago, we, uh, we like to go away, if, if we can, just get out of town once every couple months and have a, a date. And, and, and we go into Edmonton, and uh, Ray Cowell says to me, he says, dude, you got to go to the Hotel Matera. It is my favorite hotel. It is amazing. I'm like, okay, well, we'll try that one this time. So we booked the Hotel Matera, and we're driving in, and we're getting ready for our date, and we're all excited about it. And I get a phone call on the way to Edmonton from the management. They're like, you know what? We're so sorry, but we overbooked. And we don't have a room for you uh, in the hotel. But don't worry. If it's okay with you, we're going to give you a free room and, uh, in one of our sister hotels. I'm like, yes! Who doesn't like free? Like, that is awesome. So we, we drive down to Edmonton, and we go to this hotel, and it's right down by the university, uh, uh, the, uh, the University of Alberta there, and we go to this hotel, and they give us our room, and we go up to our room, and we walk in there, and there's a bowl of cereal on the table, and I'm like, wow, they like, this is a great hotel. Like, not only is there cereal waiting for us, but they poured the milk and everything. Like, it is, it's ready to go. And there's some fruit on the table, and there's all this kind of stuff, and Cindy goes into the room, and the bed's not made, and she's like, I think somebody's in this room. And we're like, let's get out of here. So we go out, and we go back down to the room, and we're like, you know what, I, I don't know if he gave us the wrong room, but there's stuff everywhere in that room, and uh, that was a little awkward, <laughs> you know? So they're like, oh, we're so sorry. Here's another room, and we, we went up to that room, and we just walk in there, and we're like, you know what? we're not staying there. Like, I'm sorry. Let's just go. I know it's a free room, but it was almost like, like if you're on a mission trip, I, you know, I went to, to the Ukraine and I stayed in a hostel there and we slept in beds that had bed bugs in them and we woke up with sores all over our body from being eaten through the night. But you expect that. You're on a missions trip. You know, you're serving the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and, uh, and this kind of stuff. But when you pay a couple hundred dollars for a hotel room, you're not really expecting that. How many people know what I'm talking about? My goodness. Somehow, it's strangely comforting to know that the hotel reservations have been a problem for a couple of thousand years. And I got a little video, and uh, let's just flip to the innkeeper there, and we'll start off with that. All booked up, sorry. We don't need much. 
What part of I'm all booked up did you not understand? I have no room for you in my inn. Please. We've been walking for days. Do you think you are the first person to pound on my door at this hour of the night looking for a room? There has to be something. A, a closet, perhaps. You can keep asking the same question. I'm going to give you the same answer. Why, what are you doing up? You need to rest now. We won't be any trouble. And I'll pay you whatever you want. Please. I'm, I'm sorry. No vacancies. Give me a minute. The scene that we just witnessed between an innkeeper in Bethlehem and Joseph and Mary comes from the passage in the Bible, which is found in Luke chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Luke chapter 2 with me. This story has been told for 2,000 years. Some may assume it specifically mentions both an innkeeper and a conversation that surely took place that night that Jesus was born. But let's read it again and be reminded of the exact details that recorded and why it was that Joseph and Mary ended up in the place where animals were bedding down for the night. The beginning of verses 2 helps remind us of why all the rooms were filled and what was causing so many people to be in Bethlehem at that time. Starting at verse 1. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus declared that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David and he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home, he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. See, Joseph, apparently, he tried to get a room. It wasn't that he didn't have the money. It wasn't that he didn't have the finances. It's just that there was no room. It wasn't that he was so poor. It was just there were so many people all in Bethlehem at the same time. Bethlehem was packed with people who were in town to be counted for the census. That's why Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem rather than their current hometown of Nazareth. Although the passage in Luke doesn't specifically mention an innkeeper having a conversation with Joseph, I'm sure it's safe to assume that he must have had a conversation along the road. You know what? We need a place, but it was full. We need a place. And finally, something, somehow, by the Lord's leading, they're able to end up in the stable, which fulfills all the, so many of the prophecies. God is so good. Have you been in that place where all of a sudden something happens, and it's just like, Lord, where are you? 
And you know what? They didn't get to stay in the bedroom. They didn't get to stay at the five-star resort. They ended up staying out in a stable. But yet, Lord still provided a place to shelter them from the weather and a place where the Messiah could be born. What would Cold Lake look like if all of us made a conscious decision to make room in our day for a Savior? What stories would pop out that would perhaps we wouldn't know until years later? See, Christmas is all about making room for the Savior. But yet we live in a world of businesses, and in Christmas time, it just seems to amp up, doesn't it? just seems to take our lives, which are busy already, and just kick them well into overdrive. Just going to ask Cindy to come up and share a story that we didn't find out until years later about a lady in this church named Jenny Romancic. Some of you who've been here for a while, you may remember Jenny, and some of you may not. But Jenny was a lady who came here, and she was just on her walk, and just God was, was dealing with her heart, and Jenny actually has written a book, and it's going to be available fairly soon. And uh, it just talks about her story and the, what the Lord took her through. So um, I think Jenny and Sean have probably been gone for at least three years. And uh, they, have ha- they had just gotten married before they came here. And the man who married them in, um, I think it was Manitoba they were from originally, the man who married them, the pastor, this is what he said to them. He said, wherever you're moving, as soon as you get there, find a pastor and get some counseling. <laughs> so that was the first advice they got. And uh, so they did. When they got here, um, Lance and I hadn't been here yet. My mom and dad were here. And they started we- meeting with my mom and dad. And uh, she's got a beautiful story. She grew up uh, early age in a Hutterite colony. And she, uh, we got to read her book on our on a drive we had this summer because she wanted us to endorse it and we were part of her story so it was really cool so she does this beautiful job of presenting the Hutterite community she talks about her story but a big portion of her story is the healing that her and Sean uh, had in their lives from being in Cold Lake and what God did for them and a lot of it was through ancient past through counseling ministering and I'm not going to tell you her story. You're going to have to buy her book. But they had um, quite a traumatic thing that happened while they were here. And um, during that time, I mean, it was really just kind of what things are like around here normally, what I would say most people's experience is the church was the church. Like when um, uh, Rebecca and Grant, you know, went through two heart transplants for their daughter, when Austin went through that, you know, the different things that have happened in our, com- in our church community, we just rise to the occasion, right? So Jenny and Sean had this situation that happened that was horrifying for them, and um, we just did what we do. We just, people surrounded them in prayer, and they got through it, and they looked back and said, you know, Cold Lake could have been the worst thing in our life, but it was actually one of the best things in our life because our marriage was healed, our family was restored, and uh, you'll just have to read her story. It's great. So this past week, she called me, and she said, Cindy, and I mean, it's just so fun that she's an author now, and I'm like, my friend, the author, I said, I will carry your suitcase when you do your speaking tour, but all I need is new boots. So anyway, um, 
She told me that she's all finished, uh, it's been edited, she's got cover done, she had photos done for her book, and she said now the hardest thing more than the story is writing the back cover because the back cover is what makes people decide if they're going to buy it or not. So this gentleman is helping her write the back cover and he's a, a at least two-time award winner. He's written a true story of a lady curler from Canada who was on the Olympic team who had recently passed away of cancer. So he worked with her before on her story and he's won awards for writing. So she's like, Cindy, it's so amazing like how I've been connected with all these people. So this gentleman who is an award-winning author is helping her with her back cover and he's not a Christian and he reads the whole book so he can get a sense of it. And he calls her early in the morning the next day and he says, Jenny, I don't know about God a whole lot. He goes, I love your story. He goes, but that portion about Cold Lake, he said, if churches were like that, everybody would go to church. And she said, Cindy, you have no idea how many people who've read it who are just like what God's going to do with this story. And it's not, you know, to say what, how great Cold Lake is, but to say, you know, when people allow God to be who God is, it is so attractive. Who wouldn't want that? So... It's just kind of exciting. We're all semi-famous. <laughs> According to the scene in that video that we saw, the innkeeper heard a knock on the door, and the final moment of his decision didn't turn him away. His decision was the fulcrum that impacted the balance of history, and we still celebrate today. Also, what an incredible foreshadowing of another scene Jesus speaks of, and that's captured in the final book of the Bible, in the book of Revelations. See, the writer of Revelation shares a compelling verse filled with imagery appropriate for us to consider at Christmas. With thinking about an innkeeper responding to a knock on the door and the crowded inn. Let's look closely as we read Revelations 3.20. It says, look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. In a sense, this holiday season, we're all in the same position that the innkeeper of Bethlehem found himself in years ago. A knock at the door led them to a decision to either to open the door and prepare room for the Savior or close the door because it was so crowded. We're busy. And I think Christmas can, can sometimes overwhelm us. There's pageants. There's ugly sweater parties. There's Christmas Eve services. There's families coming in and flying out. There's meals that need to be prepared. There's gifts that need to be wrapped. And there's shopping that needs to be completed. And for those people who are brave enough to attempt Walmart, I salute you. <laughs> it's crazy this time of the year. It takes time. It takes energy. It becomes stressful. But I wonder... When we walk in that place, can we miss what God has for each one of us? See, it's so easy to allow schedules and demands to steal our time, to rob our joy, and to boom, another Christmas passes and we don't make room for the one that this season is supposed to be all about. It's amazing to me how that whole thing, a Merry Christmas, can be offensive. Why? Because the name Christ is in there. But isn't this whole season about him? 
Why can you say things like, like happy holidays or do whatever and it's okay, but you say Merry Christmas is like, no, 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 it's happy holidays because I find that offensive. Jesus is the reason for the season. And every single one of us who have Jesus Christ living in our hearts, it is the same Jesus that was in the birth of the baby. It is the same Jesus that walked on water. He is the same Jesus that conquered the death and the grave. And now he lives inside of each one of us who say, God, I need you in my life. I'm sick and tired of living life for myself. But I believe that the Bible tells us that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And it's so easy just to take our eyes off of the prize and just get caught up in the season and miss out on just the opportunity of dwelling in his presence. There's a prophecy that is found in Isaiah that speaks so much truth. It's Isaiah 9 and it starts in verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be placed upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's just imagine for a moment that it's late and it's dark. And you're traveling down the road and you're getting tired. And of course, the travel website messed up and you've got no place to stay. And all of a sudden, you see a light in the darkness, a light that says vacancy. And it just fills your heart that you can get out. Maybe there's a storm. You can get out of the darkness, out of the cold. When we see that word vacancy, we know that there's room here. But sometimes the light doesn't find us. Sometimes we need to look for it. And the Lord of hosts did do this. The Lord of hosts found favor in Mary and placed a Savior in her womb. The Lord of hosts shifted Joseph's plans to quietly divorce a pregnant Mary who was not carrying his biological child, instead helped him to be afraid, not to be afraid, and to take Mary as his wife. The Lord of hosts provided for the needs of Joseph and Mary so the Messiah could be born within busy Bethlehem. Fate did not lead Joseph and Mary to that crowded inn. The sovereignty of the Lord of hosts did. See, I don't know where you are this season. And Ernie, if you could come, I don't know where you are this Christmas season. And I don't know what is happening inside of your heart. But it starts off with us just taking that moment and saying, Jesus, what is this season all about? Jesus, would you come in and be the Lord of my life? Would you bring your light and fill me up from the inside? When the light is filling in up us in the inside, all of a sudden change starts to happen. Because we're no longer focused on things that aren't important, but we're focused on Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Christmas can be that time where Jesus is lifted up and he's, that light is placed upon a hill and darkness cannot hide there anymore. 
And we can walk into the very presence of God and say, Lord, I desire what you have for me at this very moment. How are you doing? Is Jesus the reason for the season? Is the light of the world shining bright within your spirit? Do you sense his presence? Do you walk with him in an intimate relationship? Every morning I try to go for a walk. We actually got a dog just so I could go for a walk. Because like it or not, if the weather's nice, if it's not nice, I got to be out there. And as I walk out there, I take that time to worship God, to pray, and to spend time in the presence of the Savior. I've had people sometimes, I've walked down Millennium Trail, said, I saw you on Millennium Trail, you're doing this. Just pressing into the presence of God. Just saying, Jesus, your word says that I am a friend of God and that you find me as a friend. And Lord, I want that relationship. How are you? Only the Lord of hosts could foresee how a knock on the door that night would one day lead to our time together in this place. As we remember, listen, are we faced with an opportunity once again to prepare him room in our own hearts right now? Let's just take a moment and bow our heads and close our eyes. Perhaps you're here and that light has gone dim. And it's like, Lord, I just ask you to fan into flame what was once there. Or maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? This is the first time I'm hearing this. I have no, I had no idea that Jesus wants to be part of my life. And he wants to be the Lord and Savior. And he wants to be able to to come and have fellowship with me. See, I think that is one of the neatest things about Christmas. Is that we walk in that place and we understand that he died for us. It's the same Jesus as the birth of the little baby that happened over 2,000 years ago. And it is so exciting that we don't worship a God who's dead, but a God who's alive and wanting to have relationship with us. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.